You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and tech to WWE and video games, come let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. And this is episode number 29. I'm your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Guess what? Number 29. This week, we're going to go with uh, former NFL uh, Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson. You remember oh, that guy? Oh, yeah. He set, uh, long before uh, in the 80s, he set the single-season rushing mark a long time ago, and he wore those like awesome goggles when he played for the Rams yeah. and the Colts, right? So I have a funny story about Eric Dickerson. Yeah, yeah, go. So you know I worked a number of years on the show The Biggest Loser, right? Uh-huh. Uh, the, the ranch that we had up in in, in uh, Calabasas, across the street from that was this big like like big house on a hill. And that was Eric Dickerson's house. <laughs> okay. And he's like, and he uh, every now and then there was a uh, one year during the Super Bowl, one of the uh, the contestants snuck out because he was a big football fan and actually went over to Eric Dickerson's house and watched uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, he came and like we had like an NFL week and he came and like just sort of like did like some training with them. Right. And this was uh, it's uh, I want to say it was like 2012 or whenever the remember when that NFL lockout was about to happen and they shut it down just before the season started. And uh, I, I I said to Dickerson like in between takes I said like what do you think you think this uh, this NFL lockout do you think it's going to happen and he's like he's like no Andy I don't think it's going to happen I'm like oh why not and he said because there's too much cheddar to be lost is what he said so Eric Dickerson too much cheddar to be lost if the NFL goes into lockout and you know what he's right and he gets a Stone Cold salute I said give me a hell yeah mm. ah, all right oh. Well, we are slackers, and we did not watch our shitty movies like we told everyone we were going to do, so we're going to have to hold off on that for a week. We'd love to say it's because we had a, such a packed show that there would be no way we could fit in a review of Extro and High School Musical. Those are coming. I don't want to. I don't actually want to put a day on this <laughs> because I kind of want to. I, I, we'll get to it. We it, might we'll, need to reserve a whole hour special bonus <laughs> and take a half hour each to to talk about each of those movies. Yeah. Maybe we do it as a bonus episode <laughs> could instead be. of in five minutes. Could at the be. Beginning, could right? be. I don't know if people want to listen to that much about <laughs> High School Musical. I can't can't speak on extra because I haven't seen it yet. But uh, well, hey, speaking of being behind and catching up, um, yes, you you did a little bit of catching up this week, and I'm behind on some stuff myself. So what what did you finish this week? Um, so we've talked at length on this show about how we're behind on all these big title video games, and one of them that has escaped me for almost a year now, and there, there's a reason for this: Uncharted Four. And I'm a huge fan of the Uncharted series. We've talked about the, our love of that series at length. Um, I had not finished Uncharted 4. I'd started it, but it's one of those things where like, I knew it was going to kind of end and it would be the end of the whole. This, oh, I don't want to finish right, it. I didn't, and so I kept putting it off and kept putting it off. Like, and, I, and I finally just took this last week and I was like, that's it. I'm going to go through it and finish it. And it's everything I expected it to be. Uh, it was emotional at the end that it was all over. Um, I, spoiler alert. Is there such a thing almost a year it's later? It's been a year. Yeah, it doesn't so matter. The whole thing with like at the end where you see like the epilogue of, of him and Elena and then they have a daughter uh, who looks very similar to my own daughter uh which was it just it moved me and it was yeah exactly so um i did jump in and try the multiplayer a little bit it was pretty cool i i don't think i'm going to jump back into it with all the other multiplayer options but um what an amazing series i can't wait to see like what they could potentially do with it next i don't know supposedly naughty dog is done with it um but you know now that they've set up this young girl they could make another like you know junior tomb raider type you know style of games like this and those games are timeless and they and and i and i want to play in that sort of world again so i hope that somebody makes them but i don't know if naughty dog doesn't do it if it'll even do it justice at least we have last of us two to look forward to from that company right totally and they're even putting out what's called the lost chapter or something for the uncharted series which i'm not sure when that's gonna yeah it's supposed to be i think later this year but it follows some of the tertiary characters or secondary characters from uncharted 4 it won't be a a nathan drake story no it's uh, the the I can't remember if she was Dominican or oh, a black yeah, chick yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. what Nadia, I think. Yeah, yeah something like that. I can't remember either. But yeah. man, but those games are so good and they so are. fun and so epic. The thing that, that hooked me on these games that I really enjoyed was the puzzle solving and trying to get around it. I think they got a little carried away with the gun play um aspect of it and trying to shoot people. I mean, driving the Jeep was awesome. Yep. Drive um uh, doing the puzzles and the jumping around and all of that stuff was great. Discovering everything was awesome. I just I don't know if I liked the 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 shoot 'em up chase sequences and stuff like that as much as I as much as I should have. It worked for me. It was sometimes they got a little tedious when you're like, oh man, I can't like the camera or whatever. But 
the whole overall experience again it's like watching a movie there's no loading it's just it's a seamless yeah. watching of a movie and, and last once, of us is the same way exactly that's their style of game and like i said I, I really want to see more of that i did also in some of my spare time this week my wife and i on monday afternoon went and saw kong skull island and i will tell you it is a lot of fun man really you have to go see this movie. okay it is so much fun think of it like like a big monster movie right but almost kind of like set in like Apocalypse Now. So it's like Apocalypse Now versus King Kong. Trust me okay. when, when I tell you. Kong it's, don't it's, surf. It's set in like the Vietnam era. And it's that. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I didn't really pick that up from the trailers that I had seen. Samuel L. Jackson is kind of like a, he's kind of like a Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. He's like all military and all this stuff. Uh, the CG is fantastic. There's just a lot of like really cool stuff. You don't really care about the story. All you care about is like get to the next part where Kong just breaks stuff and they start shooting at him. And it's well done. It's action. It's got surprise moments. It's got jump out moments. They set up a thing. If you see the movie, make sure you stick around to the after credit sequence. It's well worth it. Okay. It's setting up a whole another universe. And I'm not going to say anything, but you can probably figure out where we're going with this. Uh, I could completely see it. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, so I'm way behind, admittedly, uh, and it's that whole work thing. I've been a little bit distracted, not being able to uh, to focus so much on you know sitting on my ass and consuming content. Uh, I did do a full marathon run with it running in the background while I work on other stuff of the Shield. Okay, uh, and the reason I was so motivated to do it is because they're ending the ending the run on Hulu. Oh, uh, so I guess their life FX's licensing deal is up or something like that. Maybe we'll see it show up on Netflix now. Who knows? Uh, but that they did say that it was going to expire. I think it expires this week or next week. So I wanted to get all the way through it. I had been doing this for a couple of months, just going back through and watching everything. But I, I binged through the last couple of seasons, and it's man, that is still one of the best TV shows ever made. Uh, in my opinion, it's still my favorite all time TV show, uh, right up there with some of the greats. Cool. So with that in mind, let's talk about some more TV and movies. All right, so are you aware of this this uh, Voodoo app or system? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you know about it, because I'm more of like, I'm all iTunes, but this is a what now? This is all, so I mean, if you think about it, there's a much bigger landscape than just Netflix, Hulu, and iTunes. Right. And Amazon. There's another whole kind of secondary or tertiary layer of apps like Crackle and Voodoo uh, and these other ones that are doing some streaming that are trying to f- claw their way into a, just a little bit of the licensing deals with, with some of the networks. Where Voodoo got their start was bef- uh, when Netflix was really starting to ramp up, Voodoo took the angle of the iTunes store where it was going to rent films. Okay, You could either purchase them or rent them for five bucks. And these were all digital copies. And where we first saw it kind of manifest itself was on the smart TVs yeah. that had the built-in yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. menus and dashboards, um, and maybe even those Blu-ray players that had the the you know had the built-in right, apps. Right, right. And my, the reason I was exposed to Voodoo is uh, funny enough through my parents; they were using it huh. uh, to rent movies, and I thought that was really interesting. But what's happened now is in 2010, uh, Walmart acquired them right uh, for a silly amount of money. And now we're seeing Walmart start to push into the digital world, and they need a platform, which they've got now, to do streaming. So they're going to combine the services of renting and purchasing digital copies, and I could even see something down the road where they sell you a a Blu-ray or DVD pack that has a digital copy in it. Kind of like how the whole yeah, um, it's, it's, ultraviolet uh, right. thing works, right? All of the ultraviolet movies apparently work on the Voodoo app or oh, Voodoo. So okay. when you buy, like for instance, if you bought uh, The Dark Knight, yep. uh, that did not come with an iTunes digital copy. It came with an ultraviolet. All the Warner Brothers movies have ultraviolet. So I have a whole separate uh, ultraviolet library that I have no way to access. So potentially I could um, access it through a Voodoo app. Um, and apparently this app is now coming to Apple TV, which is almost yes. kind of like mashes up our two universes of the iTunes or the Apple uh, ecosystem and now this Walmart voodoo thing. Here's something interesting they also do. Um, you can, I guess, send your DVDs to Walmart and for five bucks each or for a, whatever, you can then own the digital copy of your yes. DVD. But that seems like a ton of money instead of just like ripping it yourself. But if you don't know how to do that, you could do that. So no, take but it, you're getting an you're taking a DVD and getting an HD right digital copy. Correct. Right? Depending on the cost, yes. So, so you can get an SD or an, or an but yeah, then you can create your own digital library. If you do, if you want to completely avoid the whole Apple thing, you can if you just go through this, and Walmart will be very happy if you do so. And I think in addition, they're also going to be doing a streaming subscription. 
to a library of sorts. Oh. I think Walmart is is really going to try and make a big push into this digital space. Much in the same, I mean, their biggest competition is not Netflix and Hulu; it's Amazon. Yeah, and I think with Amazon doing video and stuff like that, I would not be surprised if we saw Walmart Voodoo original programming mm. in the next couple of years. Uh, really come to fruition. I think this could be a big push. I'm going to keep an eye on Voodoo because I think they could sneak in the back door a little bit and really become a part of this streaming conversation. Hey, Kobe Bryant's making a movie. What? Yeah, apparently he's doing some short film, but here's that's not the cool part. I mean, it's cool. He it wrote is. some Dear Basketball poem uh, yeah. and upon his retirement, which is absolutely beautiful. If you've not read that, go Google that. Uh, but based on that sh- poem, he's making a short film with none other than Disney animator Glenn Keane, and John Williams doing the music. That's crazy, right? Okay, he's Kobe Bryant. He's in L.A. He can pull that kind of weight. But, I, you know, if, okay, that it's not cheap. No, and it's not like John Williams will just sign up to do a score for anybody. He's like, uh, Spielberg, you got a movie? I guess. Uh, Star Wars, yeah, it's not Lucas, but sure. And that's it. That's all he does anymore. So, um, yeah, the fact that he's now doing a score for Kobe Bryant, it's definitely going to pick my interest. I'm definitely going to at least see this thing just to hear what yeah, music no he kidding. does. And I, I, something we haven't talked about enough, but I have a great appreciation for short films. Yeah. I, I love quick, you know, it, it, we're in the fast food generation of YouTube. I'm surprised more people don't watch more short films. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of independent work, a lot of hard work and dedication goes into these. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Kobe can pull off here, especially with those two big names attached to it. Uh, a lot of big names attached to a lot of trailers that came out this week. Big it was a big names. week, big week for trailers. I'm going to just list off the, the, the ones that picked my interest and then we'll break them down. Yeah. Um, Atomic Blonde, Baby Driver. Uh, there was a new Wonder Woman trailer and then Coco. So let's start with Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde looks amazing. And it's done uh, by the same guy that did, was it the first John Wick and uh, something else? That something was, like that. But this looks like Joan Wick. Yeah. I mean, it, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's literally like it's, it's, it's that yeah. violent, guttural. Uh, just see this trailer. It's, it's got so much style and it's got a bunch of big names in it. And it just looks really cool. And it's coming out like it's caught me out of nowhere. This is coming out in June. Yeah. And it's, it looks like a really cool, fun action movie. So if you like the John Wick style, man, this looks like a lot of fun. Totally. And I think, uh, much like Deadpool did last year, I think this could sneak up on a lot of films at the box office this summer. Even though we've got a slate that we'll talk about more in a minute, just lined up between now and you know the end of the summer, uh, kicking off with Logan last weekend, I think this could sneak in and take some big box office money this summer. All right. The other one is Baby Driver. Did you watch that one? I did. And I, you know, anything to do with driving, you got me. I'm not sure if I'm into the lead guy too much or the premise about him falling in love and wanting to get out of crime. It's so tired at this point, that storyline. But the cast that they pulled for this film. And it's Edgar Wright, and his style is yes. just, it's just... I was disappointed just, not to see Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in an Edgar Wright film, but uh, I will say that uh, you've got me. It looks like Kevin Spacey just walked off the set of House of uh, Cards. Yep. You got John Hamm, you got Jamie Foxx, you got, it's, it looks, it's, it's just, packed. It's, a, it's a guttural driving, you know, I've used guttural twice now. So uh, we've, <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got a lot of high octane movies coming. Um, uh, Wonder Woman, it's more of an origin trailer, just a little bit more that we mm-hmm. see of her as a child and why, and how she became Wonder Woman, just another sneak into it. Not much here. It's just that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's as if they're saying, oh yeah, you like that Marvel Logan movie? We got one coming too. Look, it's the Wonder Woman movie and it's coming soon too. June 2nd, that one's coming. So I need to say something about this one. Okay. Uh, I was originally a hater. I was originally a doubter of Gal Gadot. And I will openly admit that while her dialogue is not very compelling, and I think that's why you bring in a Chris Pine um, and the other lady, I can't remember her name, uh, almost as like comedy sidekicks. Yeah, yeah. They're the punchlines in yep. a way. But they carry the dialogue. They carry the the other sides in those character roles. But watching her in the action watching her go through some of those sequences, I'm in. Yeah. I, I, I was wrong. She looks fantastic. She looks the part. She's carrying it, and the, she's really, really good at the stunts. However much of it's CD, CG, I don't know. I originally wanted someone that was the more buxom kind of Diana from uh, from the Wonder Woman that we know we grew up with. It's a new time, man. But it's a new time. I will say it looks freaking fantastic, and I think it is going to do extremely well. Let's not forget, like just the fact that there's a strong female lead in a movie that's important in today's world, and I think it's great for little girls. I think it's great for for just fans of comic books in general that this they've always been talking about a Wonder Woman movie forever, and now we're going to finally get to see it, and it's it's exciting. 
Yeah, and it's not a little pink princess. No, and it's, no. It's, it's a strong She's a uh, female character. She's badass. a badass. Absolutely. Exactly how she should be. And then Coco is the other one. Yes. Uh, what do you, what's to say about this? Disney's cashing another billion dollar check, and it's Pixar. So you've got you've got uh, their autom- You might as well just basically invest in Kleenex as well for the, <laughs> yeah. for how much you're going to cry. This is from what I gather. This is a story of a young kid who crosses over and it goes into the world of the dead to maybe look for uh, either a hero of his or his father. The I'm not quite guitar. I'm not quite yeah. sure, but it looks so cool and it's got a cool style to it. And it's Pixar and it's coming out at the holiday time. Yep. it's like you know they're they like you've said offline. Uh, you might as well just write a billion dollar check, right? No, it looks like it's ba- loosely based on that um, the Hispanic or Mexican Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. And the um, the he's a guitar mariachi guitar player yep. sings those romantic uh, Mexican uh, songs, but somehow crosses over into the dead realm to go find this special guitar oh, yeah. to do something almost like it's his call. I'm in. You got me. Yeah. I think it's going to be fa- absolutely fantastic, and I'm a sucker for those kind of movies. There's a, there's a there's a chance that you know you you worry about it you know possibly scaring kids to go over into the world of dead, but Disney has come out and said that they don't want to scare kids at their own theme parks with some of this new technology they're working on. Did you read about this? <laughs> yeah, I, I I originally theorized that this was a response to the whole fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage thing where they they want to replace people walking around in the costumes at Disneyland uh, with AI robots. Yeah, taking pictures with kids. Sure. Right? Uh, but I don't know. Um, this could be really interesting. I don't know if this is going to be part of an attraction or if this is going to do be just generally walking around the park for that purpose. I mean, it could be a little bit of both. Like, let's 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 go big picture here. Let's say that you drop some AI into those old animatronic pirates. Let's say in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, but then you're wearing like your Disney your Disney uh, wristwatch thing that they have that you know that scans and knows where you are and knows your name and all that sort of stuff. Wouldn't it be funny as if you're riding up to that last part of Pirates of the Caribbean and that Jack Sparrow um, animatronic thing says, oh, "What do you think of that, uh, Emily or or Nick or Andy?" You know, and, they, and there's like a personalized <laughs> moment because they know that it's you and like there's an AI thing that like just just to make that experience even more magical. I'm I'm totally speculating here, sure, but it's possible. Yeah, I mean, you, well, if you think about Johnny Depp's character in uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, it's it's kind of animatronic anyway. Where it, <laughs> he just point, moves around point. in this wacky way. It's good like point. a Chuck E. Cheese character. Yeah. So anyway, it, yeah, I think that could be interesting. I think Disney needs to figure... I think they know they need to figure out how to next level some stuff because people are going to stop paying five and eight hundred dollars to be able to go to this park. Yeah, uh, it, it just you're not going to carry it with what they've got right now. So I think what they're doing is trying to take this stuff to the next level to justify some of that. Yeah, right now at Disneyland, the uh, the train is shut down because of what they're doing with Star Wars. Wait, what train is shut? You hear that? You hear? It sounds like the is the hype train coming back again this week? All aboard! Star Wars hype trains leave the station all aboard. Oh man, this thing just does not stop. <laughs> oh, okay. So last week there was big speculation that came out from these Disney executives that got to see the film, uh, and they said that something along the lines of Luke's first words were "Who are you?" Yeah, and we joked that it was Bale. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Uh, and then we were like, "Oh, well, that means that Bray can't be his kid," right? wrong okay so there was a correction officially put out this week that those it was not said that those were his first words in the film he does say that somewhere in the film but they made sure and danced around that it could be anywhere it could be in a cave because his first words are like hey that's my lightsaber yeah (laughs) (laughs) where are they yeah exactly that was his first words uh no so the other thing is the uh there's a new darth vader comic coming from uh, marvel in june from marvel and uh, this is going to be pretty awesome because we get to see. I think it's going to line up between uh, Rogue One and like Star and like tell the story more of like maybe even before Rogue One. Sure, yeah, and like tell the story of like what happened with him outside, like in between three and four, three before and th- Rogue One, like yep. how he got his red lightsaber, like all these sort of things we might have wanted to see. Maybe this could lead to a standalone Darth Vader I movie someday. Could. Where he just whips ass for like two hours, and I would line up to see that movie, and uh, I know you would too. They pitch it as if it's this uh, the coming of age of the first dark Sith Lord, and I, I think you're right. I think it'll come between Episode Three and Rogue One. I think that's the landscape, they, the timeline they want to land in. Yeah, because how do we get from no to him <laughs> destroying everybody in the hallway? <laughs> exactly. Rogue One? Like what happens in between? I want to know. Yep. 
Or we have to see on Mustafar where he's in his uh, back to tank, That's right? That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a fantastic story in there. That's I'm really looking forward to that, and I, compl- I think you're completely right. We're, that has Darth Vader's standalone movie written all over it. Yes, it does. There's one more thing from the Star Wars hype train that we should probably bring up, and that's the fact that in the Star Wars Rebels cartoon on Disney mm-hmm. XD or whatever it is, uh, old Obi-Wan Kenobi, like the Alec Guinness-looking one, is going to, I guess, have a, a showdown with Darth Maul finally. Wait, I thought he was already dead. No, he's, he came back in uh, Clone Wars. I told you about this. He came back in Clone Wars. And he's been on, uh, I guess he's been in Rebels. Season three. I, haven't, I haven't caught up to Rebels yet. I'm mid-season two right now. Yeah, but, me too. Yeah, they brought him back to life in the Clone Wars in a really cool and interesting way. Which, okay. Which, Don't again, tell me. I want to see it. Yeah, which, again, you've got, I think, like two weeks before it's gone because it's gone on Netflix after, at the end of March or something like that. Okay. But if not, I've got all the Blu-rays. You can watch all that. Okay. So, but yeah, uh, there's a showdown with Darth Maul uh, and Obi-Wan finally. So I don't know if this is going to be the end of Darth Maul. It can't be the end of Obi-Wan. We know he lives, right? Because Star Wars happens. Well, <laughs> so. I accidentally read in the article that it was um, somehow Darth Maul had formed a buddy, buddy, buddy relationship with Ezra. And okay. somehow that got him in. And then Obi-Wan is pissed off about that. So they want to, I don't know. I'm excited about having those two characters back on screen in, uh, in a fight with each other. We have that we haven't really seen. Did they? Did we see a standoff in Clone Wars, or was yes. it just Episode One? Yes, they they had a couple of other uh, confrontations in Clone Wars that are okay. really cool. Okay, cool. All right. Well, Game of Thrones uh, had some news this week. That's probably, my, but that's probably my favorite show. I know you like the Shield. Game of Thrones for me is like the best TV ever made. Oh, I'm not going to argue with okay. that at all. It's it's the, some of the best television ever made. Absolutely. So Game of Thrones, they HBO, I guess, did this thing where they wanted to do a big reveal of the of the launch date, of the release date of of season seven, and they did this stunt on Facebook Live where they had this massive block of ice, and embedded inside of it was <laughs> the hidden release date. So they were going to Facebook live stream these giant torches, allegedly dragons fire, right, uh, to melt this massive block of ice. Cool to- idea. Cool idea, right? Here's the problem, though. It remained really cool for a really long time. Yeah, so over 100,000 <laughs> people were watching this live stream on Facebook, and it took over an hour because oh. it just wouldn't melt. They even cut the feed a couple of times to like throw two or three more heaters on it, apparently, <laughs> to get it to melt even quicker. So this was a, you know, call it a failed stunt or whatever. I think it got them some good PR, and we now know the release date. Uh, which I think we, we July sixteenth or something. July sixteenth, yeah. yeah, and it's going to be seven episodes. Seven episodes in this season, and then six in the final yep. season. Uh, the other thing that came out of it is, uh, look, Benioff and the Weiss, other, Weiss, Weiss, yeah, yep. uh, said that they that a spinoff wasn't out of the question, but they didn't want to really be a part of it. Yeah, they got to move on. What do you? Yeah, I think the. You can't really have the same people doing it. I think when you do a spinoff like that or a standalone, it needs to be fresh eyes, fresh blood, fresh talent uh, that don't carry anything over, maybe bring a new perspective to it. There, Look, there's tons of lore within that universe that they could explore. Uh, they could do a whole White Walkers spinoff. Sure. Uh, almost like how they came up, how they came to be, all how they were created, all that stuff. Or the they, Wildlings or anybody. Absolutely. Like, uh, you could just have a whole story on the Starks in yeah. Winterfell and how they came to power with sure. the Baratheons and the Targaryens. Sure. Or the, I guess it would be the Targaryens. Anyway, I anything Game of Thrones I'm going to watch. Yep. I, I think it could be absolutely amazing. So we talked about Kong, and Kong always seems to be associated with that Godzilla guy, right? Yeah. So Netflix apparently knows this as well. They are going to make an anime, or they've made an anime film, mm. a Godzilla anime film, or actually they didn't. I think it was uh, the Japanese company Toho who, who owns the Godzilla rights. Right. And apparently this is going to get released in Japan first, but then it's going to be right away on Netflix sometime this fall. Yeah, I think they're going to do a short, like, limited release in the theaters uh, in Toho. Cool. And then it's going to be worldwide launch on Netflix uh, later this year, I believe. Okay, Godzilla, sure. I'll take it. And Go sold. It. I'm, I'm done. Next. Uh, speaking of Netflix, they're also finishing. This is a big story for me. Yeah. They're finishing Orson Welles' last film. And, you know, we, we kind of tragically lost him. Uh, he was going on this epic journey and writing another screenplay. Uh, and what it turns out it is is that um, it, it's almost like it's his uh, autobiography of sorts. Uh, unfortunately, we lost him before he could finish it. Apparently, he finished the screenplay and the filming, but there was a lot of post-production that was left to do. So Netflix has stepped in, written the check, and has hired a, a crack team to go in and finish uh, his last movie. Yeah, and apparently there's like a thousand hours of stuff that like they found uh, yes. of footage, whether or not it's for that movie or pieces of that movie. And I don't know if there's any more that's going to need to be shot. But 
Orson Welles is a legendary director and storyteller that uh, has made movies that have stood the test of time. And uh, we'll see what becomes of this. And then you wonder, like, it, it, does this sort of like open sort of the floodgates or stuff like this? So, well, Hulu tried to do the Criterion Collection for a while, if yeah. that's what you're referring no, to. No, but I mean by like, like, are there are there like the lot like, um, like for instance, uh, the AI thing with like um, Spielberg finishing Kubrick's AI story. Sure. Granted, however, whatever became of that, whether you like it or not, or I wonder if there's. You know, if there's like a Hitchcock uh, screenplay or idea somewhere Maybe. lying around that that somebody else is going to pick up and and you know and run with that ball, but I don't know. I, I think it's it's great that that we're trying to to revive you know old stories, especially when you consider that they're trying to reboot the Matrix. <sighs> <sighs> and it's also come out that the Wachowskis don't really want to be a part of it, but Keanu Reeves said he would love to return to that universe if the Wachowskis were a part of it. If the Wachowskis were a part of it, which they don't show any interest in being so i i don't know where that we have to recognize that it's almost 20 years old yeah the first one uh and it okay uh, is there some side shoot stuff that they could tell sure living in that world sure. absolutely leave the original content alone tell a side story we don't need a complete overhaul of the origin again yeah we don't need a reboot just do something else in that universe absolutely i mean make some kind of standalone movie again revisit the world i think that's fantastic horizon zero dawn draws a lot of parallels to it from a video game perspective and i loved that aspect of it but i don't need to hear or see the comeuppets of neo again or they can do it again and then just make uh a sec- new no, wait, no, wait, one no and make the second and third movies actually make sense oh yeah that's fair there that's you go fair. oh that, that could spawn a whole hour-long conversation which we don't Let's need to get do into. It. All right, uh, Henry Cavill keeps dropping some hints. This will kind of tickle your fancy specifically. Okay. Uh, about the Green Lantern potentially being in Justice League. Yeah, he's, he's supposedly working out much more according to his Instagram feed because he wants to be stronger than Green Lantern, I guess. He has to be bigger than Green bigger Lantern. Bigger than Green Lantern, and he's dropped a couple of other hints about Green Lantern in his like social media stuff, and like I don't know why the, he keeps doing it. Like If you're Warner Brothers, and if Green Lantern is going to be in this movie, and if it's supposedly going to be Tell us. Army Hammer is hard, Hal Jordan or whoever is maybe playing the John Stewart version of Green Lantern, let us know. Like, get us excited about it. Don't keep dropping hints. They need everything they can get to make people excited about that universe right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think Army is a great casting for that. He looks the part. Uh, but yeah, he is a big dude. Yeah. So uh, standing next to Henry Cavill, I, I don't know. Well, they did it in that uh, Man from Ogle movie. Those two are in it. Oh, that's right. right? That's yeah. right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's enough about that stuff. Let's move on and talk about some tech. So iOS 10.3 is going to be coming out at some point, and it's, I read it's going to be an overhaul of a file system from HFS Plus to APFS. What are all those letters? <laughs> it's a lot of acronyms. Sounds like Sesame Street. Uh, HFS Plus is the file system that's been used on all Macs since the late 90s, or it's the journaled file system. That, uh, that is specific and proprietary to Mac operating systems. Okay. They've also been using it on iPhones. All right. Um, what they're doing is with the way that technology has changed with the focus being on flash and SSD storage, as well as a bigger focus on encryption, they need something that's a, li- a file system that's a little bit more performant. So they're moving to what they're now calling the Apple file system. Okay. And this is going to be a universal file system that will be um, released across Macs, Apple TV, iPhones, etc., because all of that stuff is truly taking advantage of encryption, flash media storage, all of that, right? This also gives them a focus on 64-bit applications, and this is the linchpin right here for iPhone users. Sorry. What? As soon as you say 64-bit apps, I'm like, what, like GoldenEye and Mario Kart 64? And- <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, God, that does make me want to go play some Super Mario World, though. Yeah. Uh, no, 64-bit apps just gives it more flexibility and more horsepower to take advantage of things like higher-end processors, more RAM, that sort of thing. Okay. Here's the thing. Last October, I believe, we talked about how uh, Apple deleted something like 47,000 obsolete or dead apps that were sitting in the App Store that hadn't been used, and it was something like 11% of the apps that were in the store. So get this. uh, When iOS 11 comes out, Probably at the end of the year with, oh, like, the iPhone 8, right? Yeah, I would say that's probably a good guess. We'll find out more in June at the WWDC. 
there's going to be an actual hard line drawn okay. where any apps that have not been updated to run on 64-bit file systems will be cut. And as it stands today, based on sources, there are upwards of 200,000 applications that are, quote-unquote, rotting in the App Store. Wow. So they, we, we thought 47,000 was a big number. There's over a billion apps yeah. in the App Store. Right? See, you, see you later, Friendster app. Right. <laughs> MySpace. Yeah. ICQ. Did those even those? exist? I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I was I'm, going for a joke there. I don't know if it worked, but okay. So 10.3 is supposed to be coming out very soon. Yep. Uh, that's going to be introduced the beginning of this cutover, this change. Uh, it's going to introduce the Apple file system. So what you need to know is that before you upgrade to 10.3, make sure you have a solid backup or two, just in case. Because once you upgrade, if there's any problems, you will not be able to roll that back oh. to get your files and your data back. Okay, You will be able to roll your phone back, but your data itself will not be recoverable. Okay, this is the big thing to understand. So please, 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 iPhone users, before you do a 10.3 update in the coming weeks, make sure you have good backups. Do be proactive about it. Take the time right now to set up a weekly schedule or get iCloud backup rolling and set up and configured. You, you stand to lose a ton of pictures and videos and all sorts of stuff. I can't harp on this enough. Take care of your data. Now, granted, we have a, a weather situation in L.A., which is very similar, so you don't really have to worry about stuff. However, sometimes it gets cold, so we might need like a backup jacket in your uh, trunk. Uh, Google may have an idea for you. Yeah, so uh, they developed what is now known as the first smart smart jacket. Smart jacket, okay. Uh, and this is a whole platform that they've been working on in their R&D division uh, for a few years now. And basically, the, the platform idea is they want to make smart apparel. Wow, the jacket is the first thing. So they want to. I guess we're going to get like smart jock straps and <laughs> smart socks and all this stuff one day. So explain what the smart jacket actually does. Uh, it takes. It uses conductive fibers. So oh. basically, what that means is the the thread that's used to put the jacket together can conduct electricity. No kidding. Yep. That sounds dangerous. Uh, so they're gonna. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to. Uh, uh, your arm is going to become a giant screen. Oh wow! Where it'll be, or it'll be like it'll receive taptic feedback, and so you'll be able to through an, a smartphone app, you'll be able to program and dictate what gestures to launch certain things. Oh, so you'll be able to swipe up on your arm, or you'll be able to double tap. <laughs> okay. And I'm wondering, it'll look like you're playing charades, or like, in a weird or, way, like right? or like a third base coach giving signals to the batter in baseball. Right, you, you start rubbing all over yourself, <laughs> yeah. and you know, grab your crotch. Wipe your arm. I don't know if I should. Hair. I don't know if I should bunt or swing away. Nope, 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 nope. nope. He's just <laughs> nope. He's just checking the weather. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll hear the commentators. Uh, looks like uh, Jeter's checking the weather before he takes a swing. Uh, I I don't know what to make of this. I don't know that if it's it's three hundred and fifty dollars for a light jacket. Uh, it's a Levi's denim jacket of all things. Of course, of course it is hipsters. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what to make of this. You won't see me lining up to get one of these things at at that price point. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about where the smart apparel world is going to go. I think that's a real thing. I just don't know if doing a Levi's denim jacket in 2017 is is the right way to start. We'll see. Speaking of conductive fabrics and magnetic fields and all that stuff, uh, Disney has a new invention where they have figured out how to wirelessly charge 300 plus devices what in a room get this wirelessly okay how what <laughs> apparently they're using a magnetic field of sorts to broadcast a power signal okay and of course on the receiving end you have to have a, a device capable of receiving that charge but they've figured out how to transmit power charging wirelessly somehow through the walls i think i read somewhere right i don't know if it's through the walls it's, there's some sort of panels a, there's some sort of panels they put in the walls i think i read somewhere something like that but they the, the test that they did successfully was in a 5 by 5 room hmm. right and they were able to charge 320 something devices inside that 5 by 5 room of course it's a 5 5 5 room that used to be aligned with rubber walls for somebody yeah. to be like hey you want to be crazy enough to be in a room full of electricity <laughs> go ahead yep no 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 you're fine we're charging your phone I promise that's not what we're testing prisoners <laughs> yeah. on uh, while they're in solitary. Hope not. All seriousness, I think this could be a game changer in technology. This could be one of the big deals because, you know, look, in the future, we might say, remember when we, remember, <laughs> yeah. remember, remember wired charging? Yeah. Remember when you used to have to plug your phone in? Remember when you had 25 USB ports? Yeah. 
all the dongles and the cables and yeah. all that stuff. Imagine all that stuff going away. That could be really, really game-changing. And it, it really does all start with power. Yeah. Uh, if we can get rid of the power, and the iPhone 8 is touted to not have a lightning port anymore. Really? Yep. That's a, it's one of the things that they're talking about. Mm. So they got rid of the headphone jack, and now they got rid of the lightning port, which means you have no more ports oh. on the phone at all. There has to be wireless charging in there somewhere. I'm anxious to see where that goes. No more ports. It's like Nebraska. Hey, uh, the Cortana <laughs> iOS app is getting an overall as well and stretches the Microsoft AI to even the iPhone. I downloaded this the other day. Okay. I downloaded the Cortana iOS app. How is it? It's okay. It's not It's not as good as Siri, and it's nowhere near what Alexa is, uh, is capable of. But uh, it works. It was very fast. I'll give it that. Um, I was able to say, I asked it to give me directions to your house, and it popped up Apple Maps in a second. And, that's cool. And oh, so it integrates with the actual Apple things, yes, too. That's cool. It's all directly integrated with Apple that's stuff. That's cool. Um, which is interesting to me, because I don't know. Wouldn't they, want, wouldn't they want to block that kind of stuff? I don't know. I mean, you can't put Amazon Music on your phone that I know of. I think people are going to play favorites with their favorite assistant, yep. and I think those are going to be all going to become ubiquitous across all devices. My favorite assistant is Moneypenny. Uh, but that brings us to our Bond villain of the week. Not really. <laughs> Elon Musk, right? That you're, you're, yes. You want him to be a Bond villain. What yes. do you got for what, what's, yeah, what's What's Elon Musk doing this week? He now claims to be able to save Australia's gas shortage in 100 days as soon as they say go. And we had a similar to this. So those of us that listen to so the listeners, those of you that listen here in L.A. know that we had the Elisa, Eliso gas, uh, Porter Ranch yep. gas leak yep. um, for SoCal gas last year. It became worldwide news. Uh, it was dumping millions of gallons of methane or whatever it was into the air. This was originally created uh, by Elon Musk and Tesla. These are sort of this, along the same lines as the home supercapacitor battery packs. Okay. Uh, but they created these emergency battery packs that are capable of uh, producing anywhere from 8 to 20 megawatt hours of power, and they created hundreds of them huh. in, a, in a very fast turnkey manufacturing solution in, in case the, the valley got in trouble with not being able to power or heat or anything like that, which we don't need a lot of heat up here. But at the same time, now this is being touted as a solution for Australia's gasoline problems and their energy production problems. Uh, to solve their crisis. So Elon Musk has jumped out on Twitter. The Australian Ministry of Energy tweeted back to him and said, yeah, you can't do that. And he goes, actually, yeah, we can. And I tell you what, if we don't do it in 100 days, we'll, it's free. Yeah, right. Wow. Uh, okay. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. We'll see. Uh, but it, it could be really, really interesting. You could start replacing energy production with giant batteries. Great. So it, uh, Elon Musk, the Bond villain, uh, should have been in the movie GoldenEye. But what about this company, Mobileye, oh, that, nice. that Intel just bought? Yeah, $15 billion. A billion with a B, not bajillion. Not the orbital jigsaw currency, bajillion. Yep. $15 billion. Uh, they purchased Mobileye. Mobileye is a company that does smart uh, tracking and GPS and geolocation and recognition of certain things, conditions. So I think this is kind of a play for Intel to remain relevant with the rise of AMD again. We're getting into the processor wars. Uh, With all of the mobile technology that's happening right now, self-driving cars, NVIDIA and AMD have really been making a push to get into those markets, while Intel has been focusing on infrastructure, data center, uh, video games, and computers. These are chip manufacturers, correct? Okay, these are all chip manufacturers, among other things that they make. Um, but the Intel, in, a, in an effort to stay relevant in this consumer mobile-driven market, has made this acquisition, and I think this could be a really big one for them because they could then license this technology out to all of these companies that are wanting to do smart lights, smart uh, traffic, smart cars, all of that stuff. This really comes into big play there. So apparently you can now send $15 billion through your Gmail app. Is that what's happening with the I Gmail? Think you could. With Android? There's some sort of announcement that's, that's making the PayPal people, Elon Musk again, a little bit nervous, right? Well, that's where he got his money. Um, he and another guy created PayPal, for those of you that don't know, uh, and then sold it for bajillions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now apparently, now that they've kind of carved out their niche space and have been around for the better part of 20 years now, uh, Gmail has announced this week that you can now send money through the Gmail app. So far, this is only on Android, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this come to the iPhones as well. Here's the thing. You don't have to have Google Wallet installed. Whoa. 
You can deposit, you can send money as just like it's an attachment in an email. Weird. And you, as a recipient, you can send it directly to your bank account without an intermediary like a PayPal or something. Oh, this is this is a big deal. And I, I think that as ubiquitous as Gmail is as a as a as a platform, as as many users, it, it's arguably the most popular uh, uh, email interface at this yeah. point. Um, if not by a huge majority. So I think now that they've taken this in, this could spell trouble for PayPal, for um, Square, other companies like that that are be those third parties trying to corner that market. We, they can just cut them out. They don't need. We don't need them anymore. I can just send you twenty bucks as an email. It seems like it seems like the hackers would be licking their chops right now. Am I wrong? Maybe, but I mean, I would I would trust Google over PayPal in okay. a sense. Uh, Maybe we'll see. I don't know. It's. That's that's tricky because then you get into all kinds of FDIC and uh, legal affidavits and stuff for theft. Somebody gets a hold of your information. Yep. I don't know. I did see one of the attachments and it said sent using dot 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 last four numbers of a card. Huh. So it's you're able to use like a credit card or a debit card to send money to somebody. I don't know. That that becomes uh, really interesting. Uh, something else that's really interesting to me is um, something that I absolutely loved as a kid was supersonic flight. Yeah. And apparently that's making a, a, a big comeback in a big way. How so? Um, well, we in the 80s, we had the Concords. Yep. And one of the biggest problems with them, to the point of being banned for overland flights, the only place they were able to fly was over the Atlantic Ocean. Because of the sound barrier thing? Because they would break the sound barrier and at 760 <laughs> meters per second, 300 and something miles per hour, yeah. below a certain deck, below a certain height, it would give sonic off a boom. sonic boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were do it was happening so often that it was just dis- extremely disruptive, you know? <laughs> yeah. Imagine just a boom yeah. going off every hour as one of those took off from right. JFK, right? Mm-hmm. So what they figured out how to do is either get the planes up higher faster before they break the sound barrier so that it doesn't resonate down to the earth, or figure out a way to not fly them supersonic until you either get to a certain uh, altitude or you just don't fly supersonic over, or you don't go that fast. Here's the thing. You have to get up to, I believe it's 760 either feet per second or meters per second. I can't remember which number that is. Um, but I think you can get just to the edge of that, still be supersonic, which is Mach 1-ish, mm-hmm. without breaking the sound barrier, okay. without doing the sonic boom. And I think that's what they figured out how to do, is how to push that threshold to the limit without really getting there. The interesting part of this, though, is that we're going to have to build all new planes. Triple sevens. I don't think they're even capable of that. Uh, the big Airbuses, I, they might be able to with four or eight giant engines on them that they have. But even as big as they are, I don't know that they could they could take care of that. I still see this as being that super luxury liner that's going to go you know intercontinental kind of travel. I don't see this as me flying to Atlanta. Yeah, this is like I'm going to Japan fast. Right. Instead of fourteen hours, it takes six. You cool. know. I think that could be a big deal. Instead of you know JFK to London Heathrow taking six or eight hours, maybe it takes three. Cool. So I, I think you know get a little bit more altitude, go a little bit faster. There you go. Sounds like speed running, which is something you would do in video games. Here's a funny story. Okay. You just got. Did you did you happen to stop, watch less porn? When you got your Nintendo Switch? I'm a married man, and I have two beautiful children, so uh, <laughs> my porn consumption did not change whatsoever. Gotcha. It just it went from zero to zero. Yes. Right. Okay. Just so we're on the record. Yeah. Pornhub has announced... <laughs> Pornhub has announced a drastic drop in traffic aligned on, on with March, the Nintendo on Switch. March 3rd, really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, apparently, the Switch yeah. switched Pornhub traffic. <laughs> Yes, it did. Uh, I think uh, this is fantastic. Look, you, you, it's hard to play video games and watch porn and do your thing at the same time. Look, we're real people here. We we understand it's fine. But look, you can't play Zelda and, and watch porn at the same time. I mean, it's possible. It, it's possible. You could have it on the background. But I mean, what would be the point if you had a controller in your hand? Uh, good point. Womp. Uh, that's enough about that. That's a fun story. We'll put that on the orbitaljigsaw.com. You can read all the stats. Pornhub has been one of those companies that have always been great about stats and demographics and breakdowns. It's it's fun to read those as a big data analyst Mm -hmm. kind of guy every year. 
Uh, old time hockey is a new game that's coming out, and I want to let you talk about this one because this is uh, your back cup of tea here. Well, I mean, last week we talked about that crazy like super slam dunk touchdown game that sounded yeah. like really fun, right? So another indie game developer is coming up with like an old time hockey uh, video game. So imagine like the only hockey video games we have right now are the are the real sim like NHL seventeen sure. that the EA Sports people do, and it's a great game, and I've been playing them for years uh, since NHL ninety three. So. I can't even do the math in my head real quick, but this is more touted like old time hockey. So imagine like guys without helmets and fighting and like imagine slap shot the video game. So that's kind of what this is going to be. Nice. And I'm, I can't wait to play it. So super violent. Kind of uh, stuff. Sure. I mean, like there's fighting. Are you going like, to be able to chop heads off with your no, stick? I, I hope it's not that violent because <laughs> that, 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 you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the game itself. So right. like, I, I, I hope it's, it's a, it's a good time, but you know, that was one of the things about the old uh, NHL 93 is like, you would fight a dude and like, you'd knock him down. And his head would bleed on the ice. Yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it was a fun, it was a fun thing. So if, if they come up with like, sort of like a happy medium between all of that, uh, I'm all for it. Well, it's said to be more arcadey. Yeah, is, that's great. And, and I'm in. That's great. That sounds there like there a lot of fun. There are enough arcadey hockey games, you know, right. and if that's a way to get people into the sport that I love and that you love, I mean, great. Well, Hey, going back to the switch for a second, apparently okay. there was some, uh, defects that have been announced. So that, a number I, of them. I think this is interesting. Have you experienced any of these uh, directly with yours? Uh, so some of the ones that I, that I've heard of, uh, there's like a, like a pixel, like a, um, a stuck pixel or like a pixel that's out in the screen. I've not experienced that. Uh, there's like a dock, like when you put it in, like the dock itself bends. Uh, I did read that Nintendo actually had uh, uh, extra docks on their website okay. originally, and they've taken them off. <laughs> So okay. I wonder if there's like a problem with them. I mean, it's just a piece of plastic. Is it so just warped plastic? It could be like mold? I don't know, or like it sits in a hot truck for a long time, and yeah, like who true. knows? Uh, the Joy-Con losing connection. We talked about that last week. That's like a the Bluetooth left, issue. Yeah, apparently. it's a Bluetooth thing. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, well, here's the interesting has, thing there, about has, that. Well, wait, has there ever been a, sit, uh, a system that's that's launched without some kind of trouble? Like the Xbox One had trouble with like discs going into the drive, and like uh, even still, I have one of the original Xbox Ones, and I have to hold the disc for a second until it clicks until it drops it in. Uh, there was a hard drive issue with the PS4 when it came out; like you had to you had to make sure that it was like uh, secure in there. So like everything comes out with like a, a number of of different like issues with it, right? So uh, I was it, trying to think if really PS1 more, or PS2 had anything. I mean, my old PS1, I used to have to play it upside down because good, it wouldn't read the I remember disc. that. Yeah, so, I, I mean, they all have their things, and, like, even blowing cartridges on the old Nintendo. Yeah. Like, there's like there's a, there, there's always something, that, as long as they figure out a way to beat it. Um, for a system that this, that's this new to get this sort of, like, negative feedback about potentially the hardware, as long as they're out in front of it and they can, like, solve these problems and maybe send you something new or fix it, that's all that matters. Oh, well, that's the catch right there. Right. Here's the problem. They don't have any more Joy-Cons. All of our rant and rant, ranting and raving about uh, the supply of being able to get one of these things, they don't even have the stock for the replacements, even if you took it back to target or best buy or wherever you got it right. there's likely not going to be one sitting there for you to take home with of you. the system itself yes but i will tell you in the last what is it two weeks now since that switch yeah. has been out i've been into target and best buy a number of times just to get you know my my honeydew list go to target and get yeah. this thing that i need you know uh, or this stuff that we need and i always find myself always sort of like meandering back over into the Nintendo Switch section to see what they've got. There's always there's always Joy-Cons on the shelf. Okay. They're 80 bucks for an extra set of Joy-Cons. It's a lot. But so if 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 for instance, granted, if you were to go ahead and go buy one of those to maybe replace your other one and maybe you send the broken one back to Nintendo and see if they can fix it, at least you've got one in your hand. The other thing that's interesting about uh, the Switch that I didn't really put together at the beginning. So, obviously the big game is Zelda, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's playing Zelda, everybody's talking about Zelda. It's awesome, it's great. Um, and you're, are you aware of like the amiibo things that are like these little figures? I know um, the pop funk, uh, but like the, the, the big heads. The Nintendo ones, like there was a big like craze, like when Smash Brothers came out, like you, like they were really hard to find. They had like a, I don't a, think that was shocking, ever my they, thing. Shocking. They had a small supply of like the Mario figure or in the, the, like there are these small Imagine figures that. That, that, that sit on a, a little disc of a little bit larger than the side of size of a quarter. And it has an NFC chip in the inside of it. And it would save like game data on this little thing. And you could take it over to your friend's house. I do remember this now. Right. So there were a bunch of these new amiibos that released of Breath of the Wild Zelda figures. So like Link with a with an arrow. Or Link Do they actually Link. move? No, no. It's just okay. a, it's just a thing, and you can you can then hold it over your switch, and then uh, it's something happens. So each day that amiibo that you have can drop like a like a shield or a sword, depending on the amiibo that you have. They drop certain things, okay. and sometimes they drop a really rare item. So what this has become, in my opinion, 
is a bit of like Nintendo getting into the in-app purchase game in a weird uh, way. Microtransactions, right? yeah. Sure, but like so by, by by that I mean it's not like a daily microtransaction, but if you pay twelve or fifteen dollars or whatever for this amiibo, like I got the Zelda figure and Zelda might drop this really cool shield that I want, or I have this Bob Opkin figure, and it might drop like raw meat that I need to make this one sort of thing. So by the time you go and you buy all of these extra amiibos, you're at another seventy five to ninety dollars. So now the Zelda game is hundred and fifty. If you want to get now, granted, none of those things are, are going to drop something that you can't already get in the game, but it sort of like increases your odds of getting cool stuff, I guess. Sort of like like you were talking about getting in like the, the like, sort of end around of like, yeah. oh, by the way, there's these things too, and they're really cute, but also it can help you with game. Oh, I think I want to pick one of those up too. Okay, Nintendo. Yeah. So it's not like Destiny where it's all just aesthetics and stuff like that. Right. It's actually things that could potentially help you. Yes. If and when you do come over and see the Nintendo Switch, I will show you these things. It's pretty neat. So the, do they just sit on a mat or somehow wirelessly connect to so, so the, on, the machine? On the, there, there's an NFC. Like on the Wii U, there was an NFC thing inside the actual tablet that you would hold the Amiibo over and it would recognize it and sense what it was. And then suddenly that character, like it would save your Smash Brothers data. So it's you, a manual thing. You don't have to yes. just sit it near the, the No, machine. you know, you sit it near the thing. It's not like a thing that it actually docks in. It's like oh. it's it's NFC. It's wireless sure. like communication. So yeah. it's yeah, it's it's really interesting. And uh, whatever you want to say about it, you know, it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Well, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy is getting a game, but it's not anything to do with the movie. Apparently, it's a it's based on loosely based on the other comics that are out there. You're not going to have the cast from the film come in. It's not going to be the same care, or it's right. going to be the characters, but it's not going to be the same. Uh, actors voicing the roles within the game. Right. So Telltale Games, the the, ga- the guys that have done like the Walking Dead game, yep. and they just recently did that Batman game, which I played all the way through, which is a lot of fun. Didn't they, they did do a, the Game of Thrones They one did as do well? a Game of Thrones thing. That that one actually had the real voices. So that had oh, that's like, right. that had Jon Snow and and um, and Dinklage doing Dinklage and yeah, yeah. So yes, they're doing another Guardians of the Galaxy style game and that sort of like it's sort of like a choose your own adventure game, all those okay. games are. Um, it's it's not as much like button mashing and doing things in the games as it is watching cutscenes and choosing which way you want those characters could, to go. Make a decision. They're a lot of fun. They're, they've gotten Game of the Year stuff for their Walking Dead ones. I think mm-hmm. a couple of times there's a new Walking Dead one that just came out recently. So uh, the fact that they're now getting, I mean, like it, they have all of these great intellectual properties that 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 are great. Uh, uh, I, I want to play it. Well, speaking of things I want to play, um, I I'm you guys are going to hear me fangirl the hell out for a minute. Uh, some new footage got released. We got Quake Champions announced, right? That's the first thing. But I want to go back a second before we talk about that. Two of my favorite games and are two of my first first-person shooter experiences that I played in amateur tournaments and things like that were Unreal Tournament and Quake 3 Team Arena, uh, late 90s, early 2000s time, Y2K time frame. Are, they were some of the most popular games that were out at the time. They really kind of kicked off what is now today known as eSports. That was when we had these kind of ladder tournaments, uh, people facing off in these first-person shooter tournaments. And these were a lot of fun. The difference was is you had to take your computer. Land parties, Land right? parties. Yeah. You had to carry your... And it was kind of a, a moment of pride where you riced it out with lights and fans <laughs> and all kinds of fancy shit. And you, know, and you walked in with your rig and you sat down like, oh, look at that guy's computer. He's going to kick ass. <laughs> so that, it, was, it was a whole thing. So, 2017. This has been going on for about a year now. We have now seen pre-alpha footage of Unreal Tournament. It's coming back. They've got all the original sounds. Quake or Unreal? Uh, We're talking about Unreal Tournament so far. Unreal Tournament's coming back. So, it's going to be either later this year or potentially early next year. I'm hoping this year. All PC? Uh, I don't know yet. We don't know yet. It's definitely going to be PC. What else it comes out on, I don't know. Uh, we'll likely see it on Steam as well, which yep. is one of the big yep. ones. Yep. Uh, that said, Quake Challenge this week also dropped their trailers and a couple of sneak peeks at some of the new champions. The big news is that it's going to be free to play. Wow. Yep. So you'll there's a series of champions. I think eight or ten different champions that all have different abilities. Uh, such as run sp- speed, agility, fire rate, all that kind of stuff. Sure. It, the free to play version, you're going to get to play one guy called Ranger. And, you know, you can play that to your heart's content. If you're happy with that guy, great. You don't need to do anything. There will be things like a $20 champions pack that uh, that you can buy to unlock all the other champions. They'll have different stats and abilities, um, special, you know, ultimates or supers, whatever you want to refer to those as. 
Uh, but they've got all the original sounds. The pace is wicked fast. Like just you're running around lightning speed, and it's so much different than what kids are playing today. And I, I don't know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. It's way faster than Halo, and it's way faster than Overwatch. Okay. Um, so I think this is going to be a little bit of a thing where we're going to start to see some first-person shooters back into esports in a very big way. Cool. It, it's been these uh, these MOBAs and arena games for the last uh, few years. And I think we're getting ready to change that and level that up. I think that might be one of the big pushes to get us into primetime, mainstream kind of ladder-style sport uh, esports. I'm sure we're going to hear about that. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about this at E3 coming up in a couple of months. Yes. But that whole thing just sounds like madness to me. Madness? Oh, it's March Madness. How yes, about that? Yes, it is. Oh, man, it is that time of year again. It's one of my favorite times of year. And in a weird way, we were talking about this before the show. It's, it's turned into a sort of a gateway to the rest of the year, a, a spring awakening of sorts. Sure, right? sure. If you think about it, it's uh, starting with either John Wick or Logan over the last couple of weeks. We're on a roll now. Every single weekend, we're going to have a hot movie all the way through till the end of summer, so far that we know of, yep. right? Uh, and then we got the ones that are just, what's the Charlize Theron movie we just heard about that's oh, going to be in June? Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. I fear, I fear there's a few of these more that are going to pop up. Joan Wick. Get, huh? Joan Wick. Joan Wick. Joanne Wick, was it? Joanne Joan Wick, Wick or Joanne Wick? Joan Wick is what the joke was <laughs> earlier. I think it still holds. Joan Wick, yep. So, yeah. Of course, we've got the men's basketball tournament that starts up today. It's happening right now as it's we speak. It's literally going on. And uh, my Knowles play tonight. Very excited to sit and watch that. Uh, what about you? Have you, you pulling for anybody in particular in the tournament? No, the school that I went to is out of it and not in it. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we, can't, we can't ignore that. Yes, we don't talk about sports. We can't yeah. ignore the fact of what March Madness is. Yeah. There are two days every year, Thursday and a Friday, of this first two days of this NCAA college basketball tournament that are just – it just it takes the world by or our country by storm yeah. essentially, and everybody, whether or not you've ever watched a single college basketball game in your life, will still fill out a bracket because all you got to do is write a bunch of names into stuff, and you know there's office pools and there's you know who knows, but uh, there's these, gambling, yeah, there's, there's fist totally, fights, yeah, there's all kinds of people, stuff. People people take days off of work for this. Yeah. Uh, I used to do it. I mean, uh, it, not even it, that. They'll yeah. set up TVs at the office, yeah, sure, or and, let you let employees watch the games. And it's it's all just sort of a celebration of like it's like it's like every single game matters. There is no like second game. It's like you just you're in or you're out, and if you win, you keep playing. And there's 64 teams at this point, and one winner at some point yep. a couple weeks down the road. And it's all about it's you know like we said, filling out brackets and. There's always like the everybody's hoping for like the Cinderella team, the upset team that that like uh, takes down Big Duke or takes down Big Kentucky or whatever it's right. going to be, right? And uh, and people just sort of latch onto that. I would argue that college basketball, like the tournament bracket thing, was kind of a gateway into what is now fantasy football. Oh, totally. The fantasy football as big as it is now, and like people that don't know anything about football are just playing it because it's a way to keep up with stuff. That was happening back in the eighties and the nineties with like, you know, these these pieces of paper that you would write down and like everybody was like that didn't care about sports playing sports in a way. And it was yeah. like a fantasy thing of like teams you would pick. And I think I read somewhere that the odds of you predicting a perfect bracket are something like one in one hundred and twenty eight billion or one to one yeah, something ridiculous, right? Yeah, one one in nine bajillion. Yeah, something, something, I think sure, it's what that converts sure, to. But like if you possibly picking a, a perfect bracket, yes, you can get to the winner at some point, but yeah. It's it's a fun time of the year as far as this. So we're gonna take this and kind of turn it into like you know what this is like what you were talking about a spring awakening on the geek side uh there's a ton of games coming up yes it's a gateway to baseball it's sort of like spring break is coming mm -hmm. up and so yeah i mean let, let's talk about that we got new video games and they've released a couple already a couple weeks ahead of it you know you got horizon dawn you got zelda and next week you got mass effect you got mlb the show coming uh stop got, it i'm getting turned on exactly and then you know in the movie side you got logan you got kong you got uh, beauty and the beast dropping this week train spotting and then i think uh next week it's uh life that yep. uh, Ryan Reynolds and Gyllenhaal movie, just in time for spring break. So there's plenty of things to do for people that aren't into all these sports uh, that are into all the stuff that we're into as well. Absolutely. And one of my favorite words is the game is gamification. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a whole outside thing that happens around whether or not you even watch the games. If you're into the if you're not into the sports, there's still a myriad of activities for you to do. It gives you all new conversations at the office. You get to argue about who's going to win and mm -hmm. who's going to upset and who's going to uh, defeat that and why your team's better and why your bracket's better. 
Um, it gives you uh, water cooler talk. Sure. You know, it's, it's a whole different dynamic in a corporate office these next two weeks than it was before. And in, um, a, in a time where, like, you know, it's, it's really tough to be an underdog, this is, like, the one thing where, like, there's a chance you can just root for the hope. underdog. Because it's, yes, yes, it absolutely gives hope. hope. I love it. There's yeah, a chance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I love your, I love the point about, um, it's not just about the basketball that's happening. We're, we're, there's so many other things that are going on right now between the movies and the games. I'm almost as excited, if not more, for that stuff than as a geek than I am the actual basketball that's taking place. Sure. Not to take anything away from those, those amazing athletes. Um, but yeah, I, what are we really excited about? Uh, other, all of, Obviously, Mass Effect that's yeah. happening next week yeah. uh, is something that you and I have both been extremely vocal about. I've sure. tried to get all of my movies and all of my video games out of the way. Yeah. I'm going to go on a bender this weekend and watch three or four movies that I'm behind on just so when Mass Effect drops next week, yeah, I may- can dedicate the next two weeks to it. Exactly. Maybe we'll watch Extro in High School Musical. We'll see if we get to those movies for reviews, but I doubt it. I think it's going to get... I will make you a promise. I will watch High School Musical before I start launch the game Mass Effect. I can't make that promise. You have to make that promise. All right, fine. I'll do it. You have to. I'll do it. Done. Sure, you sure? Yeah, I'm a man of my word. You know All right. that. All right. So yeah. Okay. Well, I'll watch Extra. Unfortunately, not just because you have to do it. You have to do it because of the tournament. Because it's that good. It's that <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Look, that wasn't much of a main story this week. We just kind of wanted to just talk about the March Madness thing. We can't ignore it. It's a big time of year for sports and just culture in general. Yeah. And and we just wanted to make a quick thing about how we're excited about you know the Spring Awakening and all these new games and things that are coming and the fact that it's the beginning of the summer movie season and the TV season is coming to an end, but it, it's going to be more stuff for the summer. So uh, well, it's coming back too. I thought right. Yeah, the, are the seasons the May, uh, the May, over? No, the May sweeps are coming. So sweeps, we're yeah. about six weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one other big thing that just happens to fall on the Friday of March Madness. The oh, and second, what's that? Oh, I don't know. This is the thing we got to. We, oh, we, 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 were we drinking the beer? Yeah, we probably should be talking about it, eh? Oh goodness, we need to use our Irish accents. Yeah, we're we're Even as terrible as they are. Yeah, we're probably insulting a bunch of people right now. <laughs> so yeah, Patty's Day tomorrow, is on Friday tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, and we typically frequent a bar called the Irish Times. I'm going to stay away from that place uh, <laughs> tomorrow. It is a absolute madhouse. But here's the thing. The world apparently will drink 13 million pints of Guinness tomorrow across the world. How do you, how do you That's plan just for that? That's just Guinness. How do you plan for that kind of production? I, I don't know. It's not how my, do you it's distribute my job. that kind of product? That That's kind not of my job. Beer. I just like being on the other side of it. Wow. Here's another thing. <laughs> of all things, <laughs> cabbage shipments are up 70%. Every, the week before St. Patty's Day every year. Wow. Uh, 70% for cabbage and the price is up like 20 cents a head or something or a pound here's I, I don't know here's another what, what's going on with the cabbage I don't know. we got more facts about St. Patrick's Day and stuff ready so uh, tomorrow is a Friday and for those of you who are Catholics uh, it's Lent yes. right so you're not allowed to eat meat on Friday but apparently some Catholic priests are giving congregations a pass to eat meat on Fridays ah, so we can have me corned beef and cabbage yeah there you go yeah so uh, and that, here's another fun fact one more about uh, St. Patrick's Day yes uh, uh, Boston, the city of Boston, has more Irish people than Ireland. What? Yes, that's a, apparently, <laughs> according to the census, that's a fact, right? Well, I did see one that 33 million Americans in uh, claim Irish heritage across the, the whole country. Yes, and 300 million more will claim to be Irish tomorrow, tomorrow right? <laughs> as they're right? puking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happens next week when St. Patrick's Day falls on a Saturday and people don't have to work? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, goodness. Oh, boy. Well, I think that is a great setup for our lightning round. Okay, since tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Uh, and it is based on the Irish culture, uh, even though the, if you look at the real history of it, it's kind of it's right, some bad enough, stuff. Fair, happens, enough, right? fair enough, fair enough. But there's some pop culture associations with okay. St. Patrick's Day. Okay. And I wanted to do a lightning round around things, as many things as you can that come to mind associated with St. Patrick's so Day. So like a word association with St. Patrick's Day? Yes. Okay. Go. All right. Uh, ben Affleck. Uh, uh, 
um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the Green River in Chicago. Matt uh, David! Uh, potato skins. I don't know why the, like, the potato skin snack at, at Fridays. It's, 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 That's it's, Irish? Yeah, I, I, potatoes, I, guess, I don't know. I don't know. Did you say shamrocks? You said word association. This is like a psychological experiment. Oh, okay. Um, uh, 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 for something like the Green Mile, Green Street Hooligans, uh, 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 the Leprechaun movies. Um, Southie. <laughs> yeah, Southie. The Departed. The Blarney Stone. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. uh, Lucky Charms. Uh, 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 what, what do you have? Leprechaun in Space. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. All the Leprechaun movies. Yeah, did you yeah. say that? Uh, I did. Oh, okay, but, whatever. But, uh, either way, keep going. Uh, Irish stuff. Uh, Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish. Uh, uh, what else? You're killing this one. I suck at it. I'm like, I'm like, you a, said all mine. I might be like five percent Irish, maybe in my in my heritage. Oh, you're claiming Irish heritage <laughs> now, are you? Uh, uh, Colin Colin Farrell. What's that guy's name? That oh, played yeah. Bullseye. He's Irish. Uh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> uh, who else? <laughs> look into me eyes and tell me how yeah. you want to be treated. Oh man. Oh I, yeah. Yeah, I I don't have any more stuff except that I can't wait till tomorrow to drink a pint of Guinness. Maybe we can do it together. Absolutely. That's going to be a lot of fun. Well, hey, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, If you like this show, uh, leave us a review on the iTunes store. Be sure and come check out orbitaljigsaw.com for all these articles. Uh, We're going to have them on our Facebook page as well over at facebook.com slash orbitaljigsaw. You can find us there. Um, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at datacenterdude. I'm uh, at andynelson76 on Twitter. I'm Andy Nelson in person. I did want to uh, point out uh, (laughs) that I have a a show that I worked on back in November that's uh, actually going to be on the Sci-Fi Network that actually will appeal to this audience quite a bit. This is a nice So there's there's a show on Sci-Fi... I think I check your local listings, but uh, it's called Cosplay Melee. So this is um these are some of the best like cosplay players, and they're they're given like a workroom and and a and a theme, and they're told to just go, and they have to build like an awesome cosplay um outfit in a matter of two days, and like uh, with all the foam and the feathers and all, all that the, stuff, like whatever you can imagine. So maybe there's like a space theme one, or maybe there's like a like a fantasy like Game of Thrones type theme one. But each episode has like a standalone sort of thing. So this isn't like a competition where people get eliminated as you go. Like each week is like a standalone fun thing, and you get to see these like amazing art artists create these amazing pieces of like costumes and and working on it it was a lot of fun i can't wait to see how the the finished product shows up so so uh, network and day and time sci-fi uh, i think it's at, at 10 p.m 10 okay. p.m so uh yeah check it out if you don't see it live check it out on your uh in your i'll see if i can get it on hulu or yeah, something yeah so yeah I'm, I'm excited to see it well that's gonna do it for us this week guys uh we will see you next time later bye This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.